This is Gareth Southgate, and this is the Three Lions Podcast. And welcome to the Three Lions Podcast, an independent supporters podcast. My name is Russell Osborne. Now, England qualified for Euro 2020 in November of last year after finishing top of their group ahead of the Czech Republic. And with no games until late March, I thought I'd take a look at an England game against perhaps not an instantly recognisable opposition. In a game that took place prior to England's disastrous Euro 88 tournament. Now, pre-European tournament warm-up games, they're not usually the most memorable. In 2016, England faced Portugal at Wembley, Turkey at Manchester City's Etihad and Australia at Sunderland Stadium of Light. In 2012, it was Norway away and Belgium at Wembley. Now, generally, they're an opportunity for some fine-tuning of the team to test fitness and give the starting eleven a final chance to prove themselves. Opposition is more often than not a nation that hasn't qualified for the same tournament. However, in 1988, it wasn't even a country England faced, and it was one of only a few times where we had been the away side in our own homeland. Aylesbury United were the opposition, newly promoted to the then GM Vauxhall Conference after they'd won the Beza Homes League Championship. It'd been a season where they'd made it to the first round of the FA Cup, narrowly losing 1-0 away at Bristol City. Basically, Aylesbury playing England would be the equivalent this season of either Torquay United or Woking as they were the most recently promoted to the current Vanarama National League. If you're of the same era as me, you probably have more of an affinity to the name Vauxhall Conference than you do to the Vanarama National League. Now, as with a lot of my older England memorabilia, it comes from eBay. And the idea for this podcast came from picking up the Matchday programme from there. Back in 1988, the programme cost a pound, but it is quite a meaty publication with a fair amount of local adverts. Aylesbury Foods, Ritz Video Film Hire, and I wonder, is the bacon shop still on Cambridge Street? Now, a national team against a non-league team isn't a fixture you're likely to come across every day. So how did it come about? Reading the programme notes, it would seem that Frank McGee the then sports writer for The Guardian, had a major part to play in it. Now, Frank passed away in 2000 at the age of 70. He was a Buckinghamshire resident and obviously knew the Aylesbury chairman, Charlie Doherty. As Frank's notes in the programme say, when Charlie Doherty, the Aylesbury United chairman, asked 18 months ago whether I knew Bobby Robson, the mind flashed back to my first meeting with the man who is now England's manager. Then, 30 years almost to the day, he was a young midfield player making his first international tour to Yugoslavia and Russia just before the 1958 World Cup in Sweden. Yes, 
I knew Bobby Robson quite well, because that was when our two paths met for the first of many times as an only slightly older young sports writer on the Daily Mirror. It was my own first major overseas assignment. Charlie Doherty was, however, not at all that interested in rambling, reminiscing of a long time ago. He had a practical reason. He wanted to know what chances did I think there were of getting Bobby Robson to bring an England team to Aylesbury. The initial temptation was to retort, what chances? Two chances, a dog's chance and no chance. And not many people seriously believed it would happen, but those few happened to include the most important one of all, Bobby Robson. I first discussed it with him before England's disappointing 0-0 draw against Turkey in Izmir. When I reported in the Observer that the England manager was seriously considering it, he made it clear at the time, however, that the idea would become feasible only if England qualified for the European Championships, when he would have his squad available for a full fortnight and provided it fitted into his own plans for that fortnight. England duly qualified with a terrific win in Yugoslavia last November, but for Charlie Doherty and Aylesbury, there was another four months of nail-biting before Bobby Robson completed his plans and telephoned me to say, It's on. Now, because this game was a practice match, or an unofficial game, it isn't actually counted in the 1,001 games that England have currently played. In fact, unofficial England games are nothing new. There were plenty of them during wartime, and taking a look at England football online, there are plenty of others, including testimonial games. The last one being for Martin Keown back in 2004. Matt Letissier had one in 2002. And there was the Hong Kong Golden Select before Euro 96 and a private practice match against Cagliari just before Italia 90. Again, all these games being unofficial, so no caps awarded to those that participated. Going back to the game, Buckingham Road, Aylesbury was the venue. Saturday 4th of June was the date, which was eight days before England faced Republic of Ireland in Stuttgart. Their first of three group games in the European Championships. It was a capacity crowd of 6,031. And that doesn't include those that climbed the surrounding trees to get a view. Whom all paid a bit more than usual to see the game. But that extra admission fee and gate receipts went a long way towards improving the club's ground at the time. Being spent on extra seats and new press box and new turnstiles. There is ITN footage that can be found on YouTube of the England team in the small, cramped Aylesbury dressing room. Gary Lineker and John Barnes shirtless. David Seaman chewing gum. Gary Stevens reading the matchday programme. The same one that I have here. And Bobby Robson is heard making sure that all the balls are signed to give away. To the point, he gets a little concerned that not everyone has in fact signed them. He's also keen to make all the players aware of the procedure of the game when they're going out together and that there will be a presentation to the local mayor. 
There's also footage of Viv Anderson and Steve McMahon scrubbing their own boots. I dare say not something you'd see now in a Wembley dressing room. Whilst the Aylesbury players, a little more relaxed. Some even waving to the camera. Lots of laughing and joking. Now Aylesbury took to the pitch in all green with white sleeves. And England in their 1986 World Cup red away shirts with white shorts. The programme's centre pages list both the teams. Aylesbury as follows. They were able to pick from Tim Garner, Derek Duggan, Paul Hackett, Paul Saunders, Peter Hutter, Cliff Campbell, David Botterill, Bob Coy, Cliff Hercules, Brendan Phillips, Gary Harthill, Paul Thomas, Keith Walker and Albert Altenor. And they were managed by Trevor Gould. And England could pick 11 players from the following. Peter Shilton, Chris Woods, David Seaman, Gary Stevens, Terry Butcher, Tony Adams, Dave Watson, Kenny Sansom, Stuart Pearce, Gary McAllister, Mark Wright, Viv Anderson, Glenn Hoddle, Steve McMahon, Brian Robson, Trevor Stephen, Neil Webb, Peter Reed, John Barnes, Peter Beardsley, Mark Haightley, Gary Lineker, Chris Waddle and Tony Cotty. Now I have been fortunate enough to speak with a player who took part in this very game. Now I'm pleased to say that I'm joined by a member of that championship winning side, an Aylesbury legend and a player who can say he has played against England. Welcome to the Free Lions podcast, Cliff Hercules. Thank you, Russell. Welcome How are you? Everyone. I'm fine. Not too bad at all. You you are an, a start at the beginning. You, you're an Aylesbury legend, aren't you? 301 goals, 669 appearances, championship winning medal to boot as well. Yeah, good career. <laughs> um, enjoyed my time at Aylesbury. Was there for 14 years, something like that. And we did a lot of uh, lot of good things at Aylesbury back then. You even had a stint as manager, I read, didn't you? Yes, I took over managing 2000-2001 season. Got us promoted to the Southern League Prem, I think. Something like that. Yeah. That was a long time ago. (laughs) Great days, though. Yeah, yes. It was when the, uh, like I say, the ground is abandoned now, but we had a good ground. We had a good following. We did a lot of lot of good things. Well, I mean, one of the highlights, I'm sure, um, will be the the game that we're gonna gonna speak about. It took place on the fourth of June, 1988, Aylesbury United versus England. Now, there's a uh, a match up I never thought we'd really uh, talk about or hear about, and probably wouldn't to this day now, would we? But you were part of it. Yeah, it's un- unbelievable when you think about it. I know at the time, we were, we were told about three or four months before the game started. And because we were going for the league, it was sort of put on the back burners, if you can, Im- mm. <laughs> if you can imagine that. So we didn't think about it too much until, you know, a week, few weeks before. Unbelievable. I'm, I mean, I'm looking at a picture of it. I've got a picture of the, the team on my wall, our okay. team and their team. And uh, it's, it's unbelievable. So who who are you standing next to then on on the picture? I we had a picture in the centre circle, mm. and everyone was getting ready, and I was still messing around in the corner. So I'm oh. right at the end, right. right at the end of the picture, next to Gary Stevens. You said 
you knew about it way in advance four months but did, did you sort of have to put off maybe holidays or, or that sort of thing because you knew no this well funnily enough i had my holidays booked at exactly that time so <clears throat> basically told the club you know i won't be able to play <laughs> mm. i won't be able to play unless you fly me back right so uh the club said okay we'll fly you back no so way on the friday on yeah, yeah yeah on the friday um i said to the club i had a holiday booked in ibiza and i wouldn't be able to play unless you sort of flown fly me back so they decided to fly me back and i flew from ibiza to barcelona and then barcelona to heathrow and then they had someone pick me up at Heathrow and drive me to Ellsbury. Wow. So, Real international <laughs> footballer there. It was. It was. It was uh, yeah. So it was, it was, oh, it was fantastic. I mean, it will never happen again. And the thought of it playing against massive, all the big, everybody played for England. Every, yeah. The whole, it was the first, it was proper. John Barnes, Peter Beardsley, Chris Waddle, Gary Lineker. Wow. Brian Robson. All the players Everybody. that went on to the uh, the European Championships tournament that later on that summer. Everybody played. It was it was just fantastic. It was fantastic. It was uh, surreal, really. Yeah, I mean, I think from what I've read uh, about the game and reading in the program, it was Frank McGee, the journalist, who had a, a lot to do with it, and he actually gave you a uh, gave you a good write up in his piece in the program where he where he said, <laughs> by the same token, an eye-catching display in such exaltated company could do no harm to the career prospects of, for instance, Aylesbury's Cliff Hercules. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know in the, in the game, I, we hardly any of us touched the ball. We didn't touch the ball that often. Right. But I should have scored. Yes, I've seen this on I YouTube. should have scored, and I watch it now and again, and I just think, I wonder what would have happened. Could my life have been a bit different if I would have scored? And I should have scored. It was a header, wasn't just, it? Yeah, and I just thought, well, Peter Shilton. I, I was going to head it, and I thought, Peter Shilton's going to clatter me any t- any minute, so I better head it really hard. And, and he'd stood on his line. He was stuck on his line, and I only really had to hit the target. But right. I headed it over. I mean, back then, I scored 50% of my goals with my head. So, And I, lay, I laid on the floor, and I thought... I'm, at the time, I thought, I'm going to regret this. Oh. And I'm going to remember this forever. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> the fact that you played is is something to remember anyway. Yeah. I don't remember lots of the game, but I remember that part. What was the, the pre-team talk like by, by the manager and, and fellow players? What, well, what were you thinking? Were you, were you it told- was such a massive build-up. Lots of days before, it was all um, the press... Um, news, no, national papers coming down, television coming down to where I worked, <laughs> interviewed in front of all, all, all the people where I worked, and and everyone, lots of players, and were getting interviewed, and it was it was massive. It was <laughs> it was massive before. Were you told to? Because obviously you knew that England were going towards the the European Championships in Germany uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Were you told to go easy on them or were you told just to play your game? Yeah, they said no, because football was slightly different then. It was a bit more aggressive. Mm. <laughs> In fact, it was a lot more aggressive. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we were told to please don't injure anybody. 
yeah, basically. But and there was six, about 6,000 supporters turned up. And that really, really helped the Aylesbury cause, didn't it, with the, the Buckingham Road ground? It was absolutely packed. We've got trees round outside the ground and there's people in the trees, people everywhere. 6,000. I mean, it was full when we had, during that season, we had, I think, about 3,500 in a FA Cup game. And that was packed. So if you could double that, yeah. People people couldn't move, <laughs> couldn't move, but it, it was absolutely packed. Yeah. So on on the the game, who who stood out for you? Because it, it finished seven nil, and Peter Beardsley got four goals yeah. that day. Who, who else stood out for you, and who who played? Well, I person I noticed most was Chris Waddle. Okay. Um, one, how big he was, <laughs> which was surprising, but how fast he was and how strong and how athletic the pro footballers are. Cause uh, you know, we thought we were pretty fit, you know, we just got yeah. promoted into the conference. And so we were, I was mid twenties. I think I was at, at my absolute peak then. Yeah. And I was nowhere near as fit or strong as they were. Was that slightly demoralizing or did it sort of, well, make you think oh, I've got something to aspire to here. Well, <laughs> I'm not, not sure. I just thought, well, they're better than us. And it, it just showed. People don't realise, because like I said, we played against, in the FA Cup, we played against uh, QPR, who were in the Premier, Premier League back then. Yeah. And they were just athletes who play football and don't realise how good and how fit and how quick and how sharp these players are. I mean, it's, it was a big step, miles yeah. better than us. And, then they, and they should be. Yes, but, you know we saw it there. I think we only had a couple of shots on target, and they scored within sort of two minutes. So they did give us a, the run around a bit. Yeah. So did you did you swap shirts with anyone at the end? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Who's did you get at the end of the game? I was sort of looking around and thinking, what what do we do? And I think they said that we could swap shirts. So I was one of the last off the pitch, and I I got Glenn Hoddle's. Oh, okay, Glenn Hoddle's shirt. Um, wow. And I thought, oh, that's, that's okay. But I'm a United supporter, you see. Right. And uh, another player in our team had Brian Robson's. So I said, what, do you want to switch? And he said, yeah, I'll switch. So I got Brian Robson's shirt. Mexico, cool. It's had Mexico 86 on it. Oh, uh, I see. So it was their red Mexico 86 shirt. So I've got that. I've got that. Upstairs in my bedroom. Is that framed? I've got a frame. I've got a frame. It yet, but oh, amazing! I've got, I've got that. And um, like I say, Brian Robson was one of my heroes. So I've got his shirt. Ideally, I'd love him to sign it, but I don't well, know. I don't still know how sign. I, can, I don't know. I can do that. I'm not sure how I can do that because I'm not going to let it out of my hands. So I'm not going to post it to him and say, "Could you sign it?" or anything like that. It's got to be a personal. I've got to go and take it to him. Yeah. But and what about Bobby Robson? Did you? Did you meet Yeah, him? I've just, funnily enough, this week, I've just got a picture. I found a picture of me shaking Bobby Robson's hand. Oh, wow. <laughs> but it's the back of his head. So, oh, right. <laughs> I know it's Bobby Robson, but other people could think it could be anybody. But no, he was he was fantastic. So I think he shook everybody's hand and he talked to us all. It was a brilliant occasion because afterwards we had – a meal with them in our clubhouse because we've got we had a big a big hall and we had a meal with them afterwards. But back then there wasn't camera phones or anything like that. So 
I haven't got a picture. <laughs> so you were actually able to mingle with, with oh, the yeah, England yeah, team. Yeah. I was talking I talked to Gary Lineker for a little while. But yes, I was yeah. talking to Neil Webb. I think I had my picture taken with John Barnes. A few of us had a picture taken with John Barnes. But I haven't got any of those anywhere. Well, I haven't seen anybody have any of those because there wasn't many cameras. Completely different. I mean, if it happened now, there'd be pictures and videos and everything. But yes. Back in the dark ages, dark days, <laughs> before, if you can imagine, before mobile phones, this was. So there's not many pictures or videos. Funny enough, I have got the video of the game. So I've got that. Oh, the whole game? Of the whole game. Uh, I'm not sure where it is. I've not, I think I've got it on DVD as well. So that'll right. be interesting. Yeah, something to uh, to show the family, show the grandkids. Yeah, yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah, it's... Um, Strange to say, yeah, I've played against England. <laughs> not, <laughs> and then, not, not many people can say that, so that's good. No, and and then obviously England went off to the tournament, and and I suppose you may have watched bits of that game. Oh, I played against them. Yeah, and... we obviously wore them out, and <laughs> <laughs> because it wasn't the most successful of no, tournaments. I think they no. lost every game. Yeah, we lost all three games, so yeah. they were back really quick. Yes, very quickly. So it's all over. Excellent. And and what are you, what are yourself are you doing now? Well, I'm a, I'm a coach now, so I coach in the community. I set up my own business about 15 years ago, and we we go into local schools, P lessons, and after school clubs, uh, weekends coaching. I coach a local under 18s midweek team. I've got two sons. One of them's 18. One's 19. They both play semi pro locally. Right. So at the weekends, <laughs> we're off. I go and watch one. My wife goes and watch another, and it's so it's it's busy. It's so I'm still yeah. involved in the sport and great stuff. And, and people are still, I imagine, still ask you about the England game, do they? I get we get a lot of people. It's like Ellsbury back then. We're, we're a big club, a big non-league club, and every week I get someone coming up and say, "Oh, <laughs> shame that's my grand, my granddad. <laughs> <laughs> my granddad used to watch you back in the day, and all." My dad used to watch, or I, when I was a youngster, I used to go and watch. So everybody in the town at some point or the other used to come down and watch the game because back then we had sort of a tradition of having a good FA Cup runs. So we always had a big game every year. So yeah. people used to pop down uh, right in the sort of centre of Ellsbury. So, and it was a nice ground as well. That's why, Ellsbury, that's why England came down. So it was a nice ground, nice pitch. And people used to come down. It's a shame. It, like I say, it's derelict now. So it's just sat there rotting, which is a which is a shame. Magical memories. When you actually, when you're playing, you can't beat the playing bit, and you don't re- you don't appreciate it when you're playing. It's only when you stopped you appreciate what you've done and the fun you have and the when you win games and and you can't replicate. Scoring goals, you can't replicate that feeling, that that feeling yeah. of scoring a goal. You, you, there's nothing that comes close. I mean, being a manager and your team scoring is reasonably close, but it's not the same, not the same yeah. at all. And you can't replicate certain things. And I've, I've seen people say that you can't, there's nothing that takes its its place. And so it's sort of precious and you, you've got to sort of enjoy it whilst you've got it because it, it does go very quickly. Cliff Hercules, thank you very much for for joining us on the Three Lions podcast. Wish you wish you all the best in in your current coaching. Thank you very much.
like I say, I've got that picture. I've got the picture of the England team on my office wall. And I sort of look at it, look at it every day. You're very very lucky man. <laughs> yeah, true. The game ended Aylesbury United nil, England seven, with four goals from Peter Beardsley, Gary Lineker, Dave Watson, and Trevor Stephen all grabbing one each. And reading an article from the magazine When Saturday Comes, apparently Peter Beardsley stayed on the pitch afterwards for 20 minutes signing autographs, and Gary Lineker is quoted as saying, it all goes with the job, as he too was mobbed for signatures. Whether the national team playing a non-league team was the right thing to do, shortly before heading off to a major tournament, we'll never know. But what we do know is, the three subsequent games against the Republic of Ireland, Netherlands and the Soviet Union all ended in defeat. And in later years, Peter Beardsley appeared with David Baddiel and Frank Skinner on a Euro 2004 fantasy football Phoenix from the Flames special where he sent himself up about the whole game. Thank you, Peter. We're going to be recreating a very big moment for you. It's the day that you scored four goals in one game for England. Not that many players have done that. No, uh, Gary Lineker scored four against Spain. Tommy Lawton scored four against Holland. Who did you score four against? Uh, Aylesbury. Tell us why you were playing Aylesbury, Peter. Well, Bobby Robson thought that if we played a warm-up against the local side, we'd win it so easily that we'd go into the 1988 European Championship <laughs> full of confidence and convinced that we could beat anybody. How did you get on at the 1988 European Championships? We lost every game. Turns out, when we got to the 1988 European Championships, that we had to play big international teams. You know, countries like Russia and Holland. No one from the Visa Home League. There we have it. The story of one of the more stranger England games. One that I doubt very much we'll see again. Thanks to Cliff Hercules for his memories and his time. And thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. You can find previous Three Lions podcast episodes at your usual podcast provider. Please do leave a positive review, wherever that may be. It does mean that more people can find the podcast. There are more episodes to come in the run-up to Euro 2020, so please do stay subscribed. So until the next time, cheers. Cheers.